I want you all to know that it is such a blessing for me to be here with you this morning. I feel honored and humbled, and I do not take this responsibility lightly. I love this privilege, and I love this responsibility. Um, a couple of things that I want to mention before I get started. First of all, I keep thinking that I really should wear a hat or at least put some powder on my forehead. So if anybody is being blinded by the light, I do apologize for that. And then secondly, I, I think at the end, in some of Marion's announcements, she's going to name several activities, and one of them I noticed is a daddy-daughter dance. And my silent prayer for all of you daddies will be that your daddy-daughter dance experience will be better than mine. I have three daughters. I went to three daddy-daughter dances, and all three daughters dumped me to run out to play and dance with their friends. So just, just hoping for you daddies that it goes better for y'all than it did for me. All right, so today is the first Sunday before Ash Wednesday, and Ash Wednesday starts the season of Lent. And I wanted to start by mentioning um, what we do during Lent or what we should do during Lent. This is a time of year where we remember the love of God and the love of Jesus, and we should be thankful for their love. I thought of the verse that we all know, God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son so that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. There is God's love. He was willing to give His one and only Son. And then there's Jesus who died on the cross in our place for our sins so that we might have life and have it abundantly both now and forever. And Jesus himself said, greater love has no one than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. So during this time of Lent, I encourage you and me to do more than give up chocolate, potato chips, meat, alcohol, any or all of the above. But let's focus on how much God loves us and how much Jesus loves us and how much they did for us. Before I move on, I even want to mention that by his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus conquered Satan, sin, and death, and we should be eternally grateful for that. Okay, so Chapel Roswell's theme for this Lenten series, for this time of year, is renew. And so I started thinking about renew, and it dawned on me that um, for us to renew something, it had to be new at some point. Um, and we can pull up our first scripture. And as we do, I think about some of you married couples either have or will renew your marriage vows. And of course, 
they had to be new. So um, as we're looking for our, there it is, for our first verse, this is 2 Corinthians 2, 17, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is near. And I actually like a translation that says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. And so I wanted to talk um, for a minute or two about being a new creation. And to be a new creation, we simply have to be in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. So to be in Christ simply means that we have trusted Jesus to be our Savior and Lord. We believed in Him to the point that we trust. Uh, other ways to say that, uh, you would say, I've accepted Christ. I've received Christ. I've invited Christ into my heart. Um, some would even say, I've been born again. And so I just, before I move on from here, I, I do just want to mention to you that if the thought of being in Christ doesn't register with you, if the thought of having trusted Christ to, to be your Savior and Lord doesn't communicate with you, I encourage you to stop by and see me after we're done, and I'd like to talk with you, or maybe even something that makes more sense. If you find yourself in that shape, I guarantee you, you have a loved one, a spouse, a parent, a friend that knows what it is to be in Christ. Talk with that spouse, friend, or loved one. All right, so now let's move on, and we are going to talk about renew. Just for the record, that's the theme of Lent. And the verses that we'll be looking at this morning all deal with being renewed. We're going to talk about having our spirit renewed. We're going to talk about having our strength renewed. And then we're going to talk about having our minds renewed. And so our second verse is Psalm 51.10. And as you look at this, let me give you just a little background on this specific verse. Psalm 51 is David's, King David, King David's prayer to God after he had committed a couple of big sins. I mean, this, this, this just ain't lust, and this just ain't not paying 100% of your taxes. David has not only committed adultery, and if you don't know what that is, I'm not going into it right now. He has not only committed adultery, but he's also committed murder. He's been confronted by this, and Psalm 51 is David's prayer of confession to God. And here in this specific verse, he asks God to create in me a pure or clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Here's one of the beautiful things about our Creator and Lord. He wants to forgive us. He wants to cleanse us. He wants to have fellowship with us. He wants us to have pure hearts, and He wants us to have steadfast 
or a word that communicates to me a little more than steadfast is unwavering. So that's what God wants for us. And David clearly at this point in life does not have a pure or clean heart. And he obviously does not have a steadfast or unwavering spirit. So he has asked God for that. And I encourage y'all, as well as me, to do the same thing that David did. There will be times in our lives when our heart ain't as pure as it ought to be. There will be times in our lives when our spirit is not as steadfast as it should be, as unwavering as it should be. Another word is as committed as it should be. We can go to God in prayer and ask Him to create in us a clean heart and to renew a right, steadfast, or unwavering spirit within us. The next verse I want us to look at has to do with renewing our strength. And this is Isaiah 40, 31. And this verse says, Those who wait on the Lord or I'd say hope in the Lord, or trust in the Lord, will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So I sort of kind of want to break this verse down. Um, Depending on the translation you look at, it can say those who hope in the Lord Some say those who trust in the Lord. Some say those who wait on the Lord. And I love all three words there. If we do that, we will renew our strength. Now, that doesn't mean that I will go from being able to hit a tee shot, a miserable 200 years, 200 yards, if it's downhill, downwind, to being able to hit one 270 yards. It's not talking about renewing that kind of strength. It doesn't mean that I will go from being able to do 15 push-ups to 25 push-ups. I think this is all talking about renewing our strength spiritually. And so let's look at all three of those figurative, not literal examples. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. The first one is they will soar on wings like eagles. So uh, I feel like a soaring eagle is a symbol of strength. And if you are blessed like I am to have been to an Auburn home football game, you have seen our eagle soar before the game starts. He starts out on the upper level and he... One, it looked like he was going to escape. I don't know if that was spirit or somebody else, but they soar literally all around the football stadium. And you can just picture soaring on wings like eagles. It's a symbol of strength. And he finally lands at midfield. But as I thought about soaring on wings like eagles, I feel like in my life when I am trusting in the Lord, and I don't do it 100% of the time, at all. But when I am trusting in the Lord, it's like I'm soaring on a wing like like an eagle 
above all the stuff that's going on from a day-to-day -day basis. Um, you students, it would be a bad grade. Um, all of us, it would be a day that was filled with agitation or irritation or worry or anxiety. But if we trust in the Lord, we can soar on wings like eagles above all that stuff. I almost used another word, Mary, and I'm so glad I caught myself. Um, and then also, we will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not be faint. And again, uh, once upon a time, long, long time ago, in a far, far away place, I was a runner. Actually, I do have a specific memory of that. I remember when I used to run, I had so much hair that it would bounce up and down. I can just remember my hair flopping up and down on my head. It was such a great feeling. Anyhow, if you have run, that was not in my preparation notes, by the way. Um, if you have run, you know that you will get weary. So the Bible is not telling us a whopper here. Just stay with me. If you have walked enough, I was talking with a friend this morning who told me that she was a power walker. Well, I can assure you that friend, if she has power walked enough, she has gotten faint. So this is not talking, again, this is not talking about physical strength. It's talking about spiritual strength. In our Christian lives, it is as if we are running a race. And as we trust in God, as we hope in Him or wait on Him, our strength is renewed and we are able to rise above all the stuff that goes in our lives, goes on in our lives. Okay, our next verse and final verse, in case you're thinking, dear Lord, is He ever going to quit, is Romans 12, 2. This is... This is we're, we're going to spend some time on this one, sports fans. Okay, do not conform to the pattern of this world, the version I know says, any longer. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, one part at a time. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. You know, we're supposed to be, as Christians, we're supposed to be in the world but not of the world. We are not supposed to blend. We are actually, uh, I've just been in a study on Isaiah, and Isaiah talks about God will be our everlasting light, and we are supposed to shine. So we are not supposed to blend, we are supposed to shine. And I thought of, um, I think Peter is a wonderful example. Um, so after Jesus was arrested, and, after, and, and Jesus was led before the Jewish leaders, and he was on trial, uh, Peter was outside. This is before Peter had denied Jesus. And... The one thing Peter wanted to do, he did not want to stand out. He did not want to be identified as a follower of Jesus. So he stood there warming his hands at the enemy's fire so that he would blend, so that he would fit in, so that he would not stand out. 
And that is what we are not supposed to do. We are not supposed to warm our hands at the enemy's fire. We are not supposed to be of the world. We are supposed to almost uh, use the, I almost split an infinitive. We are, we are supposed not to conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Okay, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. So it, to be transformed is a dramatic change. And I thought of both, uh, I, I thought of two examples, and both of them, uh, truth be told, are very shallow, but I think they do a nice example of telling you about transformation. So just picture Auburn's football team. And if Auburn's football team, yes sir, if Auburn's football team were to go from horrible to mediocre to good, that, sports fans, would be a total transformation. All right, now also then another example, just picture the person who's delivering this message to you this morning. If I were all of a sudden to become tall, young, and have a full head of hair, that would be a total transformation. So that's what Paul is talking about in this letter to the Romans. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To be transformed, to have a dramatic change in our lives, our lives need to be renewed. So, I'm thinking, how the heck are our lives renewed? And I will tell you, everybody here this morning has taken one positive step toward having your minds renewed. I would like to think that even if you're here because a parent made you, even if you're here so that you don't have an argument with a spouse, but I would like to think that each one of us is here either, excuse me, and or, either to worship and or to learn and or to be encouraged. As, as we Christians fellowship together, we are supposed to encourage one another. So there's one way to be transformed by the renewing of, of our minds. And I also think that the best way to be transformed by the renewing of our mind is for us to spend quality time with the Creator and Lord of the universe. And we do that through prayer, and we do that by spending time in His Word. And that would be reading His Word, studying His Word, and I think every time I have a microphone, I like to say, if you're not in a Bible study, figure out how to get in one. That would be reading His Word, studying His Word, and this is my challenge to some of you, memorizing His Word. And, and so here's the deal. You don't do that just to check a box. Oh, did you pray today? Yep. Check that box. Did you spend time in the Word? Yep. Check that box. The whole time I was thinking about Auburn's miserable loss, but I spent time reading the Word. Um, don't do it just to check a box. Spend time with the Creator and Lord of the universe to get to know Him, to get to learn more about Him. And here's, this, is, this is sort of an interesting, 
I don't know if you'd call this a mathematical equation or not, but it's sort of interesting that as we spend more and more time with God, we get to know Him better. As we get to know Him better, the only logical thing that will happen is we start becoming more like Him and following Him more closely and being more obedient to Him. And as we do that, we become more effective witnesses for Him. We experience more of the abundant life He wants us to experience. And we shine as His lights in a pretty darn dark world. All right, then finally, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And by the way, if you'll read on with me, His will is good, pleasing, and perfect. So let's talk about being able to test and approve what God's will is. I think everybody in here, surely to goodness, you've prayed, Lord, show me what college you want me going to. Lord, should I really marry her? Lord, should I really say yes to this job? Lord, should I really say yes to this move? What is your will, Lord? Is it time for me to retire? Whatever our prayer is, we are constantly wanting to know what God's will is. And so I am here to tell you that as we are transformed by the renewing of our minds, we will be able more effectively to test and approve what His will is. And that will is good, pleasing, and perfect. Okay. Um, I'm going to close. I'd like to close this in a word of prayer. And um, I will be over here in the rare event that you might have a question for me or in the rare event. Oh, excuse me, this wouldn't be a rare event. If you want to disagree with me on something I've said, I'll be, I'll be right over here. So um, pray with me, please. Father, I'm not sure what to thank you for first, uh, but I think I'll start with thank you for your love, and thank you, Jesus, for your love, and thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you that you willingly died on the cross in our place for our sins, and for that we are eternally grateful. And Father, as we enter this time of Lent, Help us not only to remember that, help us to meditate on that, and help us to soak in your love and permit your love to renew us. I pray that we will be renewed with a steadfast or unwavering spirit. Renew our strength, Lord, and please renew our minds. In Jesus' name, amen.